Welcome back to Keep Breathing Utah. This is Russ East. I'm with my friend John Williams. We've been talking about the authority of the Bible, what is truth, how do we know truth, and the question that was posed to John just a, a couple minutes ago was, what if you've been duped before, and is there any victory over that kind of you know cynicism and things like that? What would you say, just in a nutshell, John, to somebody who's driving down the road, and they're listening to you, and they think that's great, but man, I'm not going to get burned again. What would you say to that person? In a nutshell, I would say you are not alone. Um, anyone who's made it through childhood to adulthood has had uh, a dear childhood fantasy uh, shattered. We've put trust in people and sometimes even in institutions that have let us down that we found out were untrue in one way or the other or in sometimes in an idea. So, so it's actually quite common. It's also a noble thing to seek the truth. In fact, that's the center of what philosophy is about is uh, is taking uh, the world as as we know it and trying to to sift out the deceptions, the delusions, and arrive at a truth that is that is somehow um, more refined, uh, more uh, sturdier than than the 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 everyday things we just talk about. Uh, but but in general, yeah, the the search for truth is is uh, central to to uh, to man's existence I think uh, mm-hmm. at least I would say so it's it's certainly if we're going to have a family if we're going to be politically active if we're going to participate in responsible life in any way uh, well, there's so many things that in our in our lives that uh, the what what is true and what is false we draw that distinction um, I, as a responsible adult it, we, we simply can't play make-believe uh, all of our lives um, we we, we, we have we have families we have uh, our political lives we have our work lives um, and at some point we say no I'm going to I'm going to acknowledge that there is a reality there is a truth I'm yeah. not going to play make-believe and so this is this is what I'm looking for just to uh, just to recap where yep. we were we talked about the the half dozen things that that generally people expect from a statement or a series of statements that's said to be true. We've talked about the half dozen way ways that people get at truth. How do we how do we arrive at truth? And the last thing we're t- we were talking about was revelation. When God reveals something to people that they wouldn't otherwise get, that you can't arrive at just by reasoning things out or being a diligent observer or, or, instinct or something, or like something. That. instinct. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it depends on God revealing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's called special revelation. In a sense, general revelation does that as well, because in the created order, there are things about the world that teach us what God is like. He's the creator, and the creation expresses the creator, just like a work of art, uh, you know, Picasso's paintings tell us something about Picasso. Um, likewise, the creation expresses the creator. So, um, so in, in the created order, in the general revelation, we find out some things about God. We find out much more about him in his special revelation, that is, his word to us, what he tells us about himself in his word, the Bible, 
and in the person of Jesus Christ. And so, we consider the general revelation to be imperfect. It's corruptible, um, it's indirect, it expresses God, but it doesn't. It isn't as reliable as the special revelation, God's direct word to us uh, in the Bible and in the person of Jesus Christ. Those are the final authority. Uh, those have authority over the general revelation. In fact, we even Christians even use the word holy. We say the Holy Bible. Um, what does holy mean? What, what, what does that word mean? The word holy in English is derived from the word whole, W-H-O-L-E. Um, it means, holy means something is utterly whole. It means it's the one and only and the all in all. So, when we talk about God being holy, we mean He's the, the one and only God. He's, he's all God could ever be, and He's the only God that could ever be. When we say that the Holy Bible is holy, we mean it's the one and only and the all in all. It's the only scripture for Christians that could ever be, and it's all that it, that it needs to be as well. And so, that's what we mean when we say special revelation is holy. It's the one and only and the all in all. So, as Christians, we, we put that on a, a special uh, ranking of authority and reliability. We say that it is completely authoritative, completely reliable. Whereas the general revelation, the creation and the social order and conscience, they tell us something about God. They are useful, but they are, they are not on the same level as the special revelation. We, we just spoke about authority, so let's go ahead and, and wrap up with authority. Um, we'll, st- we'll wrap it up with a Bible verse, two Bible verses about authority. Uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 28 through 29. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And the second, the second verse we're going to look at is from the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 15. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Um, so, these two verses about authority imply that, that what is spoken about aren't just dead facts. It's not just a database. They actually have meaning. They have importance. And so, what does authority mean? It's more than just expertise or inerrancy. It's actually a relationship. Authority is a relationship. Number one, authority means it's trustworthy. Uh, it means that not only is it data, but you, you can actually put your trust in it. You can put your trust in it. It's trustworthy. Number two, it means it commands us. Um, it, again, it's not just data. It actually tells us what to do, what we're to do. Number three, um, authority empowers compliance. Not only does it tell us what to do, it actually gives us the power to do it. It's said in such a way, it carries that, that, that force with it that actually empowers us to comply. And number four, and this is, this is true for any authority, it disciplines noncompliance. If someone doesn't comply, then there's actually discipline that the that authority uh, engenders and says, no, there's a warning here. If you don't comply, there's going to be discipline for that. So, those, those are the four things that when we say uh, that God's special revelation, His, His word to us and Jesus Christ to have authority, that's what we mean by that. We mean that they're trustworthy, they command us, they empower us, and they discipline noncompliance. And, and so that's what authority means. Excellent, excellent. You know, if, if there was a, 
a construction guy out there, and he's trying to build a house, and um, he wants to make sure that this house stands for, you know, 30, 50 years or something like that within uh, reason and, uh, you know, in the midst of, of storms and, you know, 50, 60 mile an hour winds and things. Well, he's going to he's going to use some type of basis of truth as to the uh, integrity of the structure of this house. Like he has certain things that have been tested um, over time um, that would give reason for how he should build this house, you know, with this type of two by four, this amount of cement and things like that. I'm bringing that up just to say, there are some people out there maybe that are in college right now that would say, Oh, there's no truth at all. You know, you can't trust anything. Everything is, you know, everyone's just a bunch of deceivers and things like that. And and, and did you mention in between the break that that you you'll you'll kind of touch on that on another one of your sessions or something? Yes, it's it's either the next session or the one following. We'll talk about what falsehood means, what where deception comes from. Not all falsehood is deception. Some, for example, fiction. There, in English, anyway, there's more fiction literature than there is nonfiction. But that doesn't mean it's a deception. Right. Um, we, when we read it, we read it for amusement. Um, we don't read it to, uh, to, to find out about factual life. Right. That kind of thing. And then there's some, some writings where it's borderline. And some people, uh, a good example of that uh, recently in recent literature might be, uh, and, the, and again, this I'll, I'll use the word allegedly so, so no one's going to hunt us down over over, over a fact check here, but Dan Brown's um, the um, um, Da Vinci the, Code, the da Vinci Code, exactly. Right. Uh, it uh, it is a book of fiction, clearly, but many people take some of the um, some of the historical license that Dan used in writing the book and think that it's fact, right. uh, whereas it, it really isn't. Um, and then and then there then there are books that are actually meant to be factual. A great example that most people dealt with might be a cookbook. Um, you, you kind of you take your cookbook to the kitchen and you get the recipe, you make it, you, you follow the, the directions. If you don't get what you expected, there's a big problem. Um, because in, in, in following a cookbook, you're treating it as authoritative. You're treating it as this book is going to tell me what to do. I can trust it. It's going to it's going to work, and every every but it, it won't discipline non-compliance. That's the one aspect of authority it doesn't have. It's still up to you to follow the recipe or not. It's going to not going to discipline your non-compliance. But if you follow that cookbook, you expect it to to give you the result you planned on. Right. Right. Well, I'm sure there's more we could be talking about on this topic. Um, we're, we're coming about to the end of the of the sh- of the program. So, but if, if you'd like to get in contact with um, with um, with with John, just just go and Google uh, Mountain View Baptist Church in Layton, and they'll get in touch. But go ahead and John, just wrap it up in about a minute. Right. Just to wrap it up, I wanted to say that in this lesson we talked about how Christians recognize the primacy of truth and the many modes for getting to it, we recognize that God's special revelation carries ultimate authority over all other modes. 
and we recognize God's special revelation in the Holy Bible and in the person of Jesus Christ. This was our first lesson. The others will will talk about other aspects of the Christian faith in a, in a very broad, general sense and try to cover as much ground as possible as we can in, in, in just 20 lessons, 20 short lessons. Hey, get in contact with me if you'd like, because John is considering the possibility of having a program on our station where he can go through these 20 lessons. Um, but if you'd like to be involved with that, praying for him, talking to him more about it, uh, making maybe having him come and, and, and speak to a small group or something like that, that would be really great. So uh, that'll do it for now. John, thanks for taking time to share these things with us here on Keep Breathing Utah. We'll see you again next week. If you'd like to provide some feedback for the podcast, just call me at 801-645-7433 or send me an email, kutrstudio at gmail.com. Look forward to getting that feedback from you. Appreciate your prayers and just wanted to make a quick mention, say hello to my son, Jack. Love you, Jack. And uh, if you'd like to listen to more programming like this, you can go to Truth Network and download the app for the Truth Network. And uh, if you're living in the Salt Lake City area, you can hear us on AM820, 95.3 FM, and 103.9 FM as well. Thanks again for joining us here on Keep Breathing Utah.